check, check, mic check. Show presented by Truck Hero and Purple Taper. On PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, January 19th, 12.01 Pacific Time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show presented by Truck Hero and the folks at Pro Taper. Really appreciate you listening. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let's talk San Diego if you want. Let's talk Anaheim 2 coming up this weekend. Mudder? Maybe? Uh, raining in SoCal right now. Looks uh, like it could be wet at least uh, this weekend, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Like I said, a few lines open, 702-586-7857. Today on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper and Michael Antonovich from Transworld Motocross will be on to talk about a variety of topics, including Mookie. Mookie's back. Uh, Malcolm Stewart will be at A2 on a Suzuki RMZ450, uh, riding with the 5365 guys, and uh, looking forward to talking about that. Uh, Ken Roxon's dominance, Ryan Dungey staying with Kenny uh, last weekend. That was pretty good. Fly racing, we are giving away a fly travel jacket uh, this uh, this hour. It's one of those puffy jackets. Really sweet. JT wore it. Been wearing it the last few weeks and uh, looks really good on him. Not that, you know, not that, you know going to go there or anything, but yeah, he looks good in it, I'll be honest. Fly racing travel jacket to uh, a lucky caller, as well as some Pro Taper stuff, maybe Pro Taper, set of Pro Taper bars for uh, for a lucky caller as well. 702-586-7857. All you got to do is ask a good question. And that, that's all you got to do. So, thanks again. Uh, hey, uh, this is uh, this is the part of the commercial where I tell you about all about fly racing. Uh, I can go on and on about uh, how, bra- how great it is and how the stuff rules and how they pay us a lot of money to promote it, blah, 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 blah. But you know that stuff already. It's flyracing.com. They support the Pulp MX Empire, so support them. Uh, Pike, Kennard, just some of the guys that wear fly racing. And Truck Hero, they, they are a premium supplier, a supplier of premium vehicle accessories, I should say. Hold on, I got a cough. That's better. I made the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper, and coffee went down wrong. Comprised of worldwide renowned brands, including Back Industries, Undercover, NFAB, Bedrug, Husky Liners, Truck Hero is the name that you can depend on to get the finest products for your truck, Jeep, or SUV. Truck-Hero.com. They're a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader JGR Suzuki team. Uh, their parent company, the NFAB folks, and we know the NFAB folks make nothing but great stuff. And, of course, Pro Taper. Since 1991, Pro Taper has continued to produce some of the world's most premium control and drive components available on the market, bars, grips, sprockets, brake pads, chains, uh, lot discs. I think they have ProTaper.com. You know the name. You know it's trusted, and uh, you know teams like Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky, the JGR Suzuki guys, the Ice One Husky team in Europe, and many others use ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Please check out what they've got. You'd be surprised at all the crap that they have um, on the uh, on the website. They're fantastic. And when I say crap, I don't mean like crap, crap. I mean just stuff. All right, crap. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis. Taking your calls, handling things behind the scenes there. None other than the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hey, Steve. Another week, another loss for your guy, Ryan Dungey. Uh, I'm not writing that off as a loss. Oh, you're not? Oh, big, that's funny. Big improvement. He got second, and he uh, got less points. I think he was the than... second place winner. I think oh, some, is that how some very wise people uh, <laughs> on your podcast have said. I agree. It was, you know what? Yeah, he did lose, but, um, but you know, he rode really well, kept... Uh, kept him right in front of him, was going for a last lap charge maybe, and uh, Kenny beat him. It was a much better performance for Ryan than A1. And if you're Ryan Dungey, I think you're going to be okay with that. Um, you know, whatever. It's 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 something to build on. You know that if Kenny makes one mistake, he'll be right there. And, I mean, Tits, really, like when you think about it, um, Dungey is just going to be on the podium every week. We know this. 
It's it's almost so, written in stone. Right. So almost. we talked about this coming in. Yes. Like his camp is just going to be like, look, the ninety four is going to make a mistake, and Ryan, so just keep racking it up. That's that's the plan. That's the plan. Obviously, last year Roxon started out great, just and then he had that uh, meltdown at uh, was at Oakland where he mm-hmm. came up short on that thing, and then that was kind of the 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 downslope, you know, where it first started. Yeah. And I'm hoping for the same thing again. So we'll, we'll see. Hey, uh, how's the NFAB steps working out? Uh, yes, big shout out and thank you to Thomas for giving me a sweet discount on those. I got the adjust steps. Did you get them free or did you get a discount? Uh, I've not checked the credit card, okay. so I provided them payment yep. info. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. Right, okay, but uh, either way, it was a uh, very nice. Well, of I think you should that. get it for free, and if you don't, I'll, I'll yell at Thomas. I'm, ki- <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Uh, but they look good uh, on your. They on look your- good. I was out uh, taking a few photos today, and uh, actually, they're they're pretty cool because the thing that I like about them, why I decided to go with those over any of their other products. It's a brand new chuck I got, which is sweet. If I ever decide, it's a four. It's not a ridge line, but it's yeah. a four. It's not yeah. a ridge line, so yeah. it's, it's like you know, right down like one B. It's not uh, truck of the year. Yeah, like no, ridge line got voted. But if I ever decide to lift it, you know, get bigger tires and lift it, yep. All I got to do is adjust those bars down, and then I got a the step is the same height. Boom. So and fabcom truck hero it. as well. Uh, and they get, look awesome. Let's get Paul Perbinos from Pro Taper on the line here uh, shortly to talk about it. A two coming up this weekend. The over under bridge is back. Love the over under bridge, and actually, um, I don't know how many people are you, are, how people listening are video game guys, but you can download the tracks from the MX ATV uh, um, site, and uh, and you can play them a little bit, which which I did, and uh, yeah, so I was playing it um, this week, and it was pretty good. It was pretty interesting. The whole section where you uh, I mean, look, it's a video game, so it don't really, it isn't real life. Or is it? Uh, but the part about the uh, over-under bridge, and you make a hard left, and you go left, 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 all the way under the bridge. Then you go across, start straight, make a left, come back into the first rhythm lane. It's a long time with no jumps, at least in the video game. That's all I'm saying. So, anyways, uh, uh, something to think about uh, when it comes to A2. And if the mud and rain come, well, then everything everything's thrown out of the... Uh, out of the mix for that. So uh, 702-586-7857, giving away a set of Pro Taper bars and a Fly Racing Travel Jacket, a.k.a. the Puffy Jacket. Let's welcome our first guest on the show, working for Pro Taper as the brand manager, but former uh, national winning uh, title mechanic uh, for Dean Wilson and among other riders, uh, Blake Baggett and others, uh, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Hey, I worked for a lot of riders as a mechanic, just like you did. Well, you didn't work for that many, right? But I worked for uh, maybe like six. Seven, okay, I worked that. for yeah, probably about ten. But there's a there's always guys that like there's nothing wrong with them, but you don't feel an emotional attachment. You always feel an emotional attachment to your riders you work for. At least I think so, and that's the way I felt. But most of my guys that I work for are retired. Actually, with Nick Way retiring, they all are retired. So that's sad. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. When you were watching the guys you wrenched for. There were some guys that you didn't really have that emotional attachment for anymore, right? Like, you're just like, eh, whatever. It's weird that way. You mean when I'm watching them today? Yes, or when they were racing, if they're no longer racing, or whatever. Yes, when you watch Uh-oh. them today. Like, for, we all know your love for Dean Wilson, and, and, you know, I was like that with Tim Ferry. But there's other guys that you wrenched for that you probably were like, eh, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's not as it's not. Yeah, I guess it's not as much, and I think it's just because I've I accomplished a lot of things like life goals, and and we did a lot together uh, with Dean, and so that there's that connection there, and we're just kind of we're just good friends. Yeah. So um, and and the other guys you worked yeah, for, the other, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. the other guys you worked for, you didn't you didn't uh, not like them or anything, but you didn't bond with them as much. You didn't get it was more of a job atmosphere with other dudes. Yeah, it just, it depends. I, I got along pretty good with most of the guys I, I worked with, but yeah, I have a stronger connection with Dean for right. sure, just on a personal level, racing aside. But um, I think I kind of was always emotional about it because Every, I put myself. You mean, you mean everybody? As, as yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. I think because I, I think in order to be a good mechanic, you have to be a little bit. I think you have to picture yourself riding the bike, and that's how you. That's how I always kind of forced myself to not make mistakes or try not to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, if you know, you don't want to cut corners because if you were riding the bike, you wouldn't want the guy riding, yeah. you know, working on your bike to cut a corner either because they're risking their life every time they ride the bike. So, no, of course uh, um, I worked for, I worked for Kelly Smith for two years at KTM, won a national with him. Um, nothing wrong with him. Good guy. We got along fine. We had some disagreements, but in the end, no problems. Good guy. I moved on to Nick way 
after that, then Ferry. And I would watch Kelly. And I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But I, I didn't have – but then I like I cheered for Nick Way like crazy when I worked for Nick for Timmy, you know. I don't know. Was it was Baggett yeah. maybe like that for you? Where you were like, ah, yeah, it's good. Good job, Blake, but um, not the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always keep an eye on Blake, and, and we kind of – we bonded pretty good the year that we worked together. Okay. Um, there was a lot of different things going on, and we got along really good, and we still we still talk quite a bit, but I don't I don't necessarily watch him as close as I watch. I maybe – I guess as close as I watch Dean, but – um, but Baggett's also on a team. He's got people around to help him. And, and right now I can be of some help to Dean. So maybe that's part of it too. But, um, I don't know. I'm just a fan of the sport, I guess now. And I'm, I'm, I'm more, uh, watching people that, uh, that has to do with yeah. my job and work too. So, you know, I, I have things to do the week after a race that pertain to how the race went. So yeah, the, the flip side yeah. for me is that when I worked for red, I didn't like Wyndham. I don't know why. I think maybe I, I thought he didn't do a lot of work, and he would still beat Timmy a lot, you know. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Or, or I don't know what it was. I, nothing against Wyndham. He didn't do anything to me. I just didn't like him. And then uh, you know, I stopped wrenching and started talking to him, and started talking to friends of his and everything else. And now he's a great guy, and I had no problem with him. But I remember wrenching for Timmy and being like, "Not this guy. F this guy." Yeah. Oh yeah, I, and I've gone through that. I mean, it was probably Barsha for me. Right. So many times, Dean, Dean and Barsha would get into it at the race, and and you know he's hit Dean so many times and put holes in his engine cases that I had to fix. And right. I didn't like him at all, but I think he's grown up a bit since then, and I think I have too. Right. And now he's a sponsored pro taper athlete, and I talk to him like there's no problem, you know. Right, right, and, right. He knows the kind of stuff we went through, and and uh, I think. You know, but uh, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's that's one that's the things you learn when you're in the sport for long enough is how small it is and yeah. everything's going to circle back. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And and on, and still on that thing, it's about I I've tweeted about this and I talk about it like companies in the sport being dicks to each other, and I'm always like, stop being dicks to each other because for one, yeah, you could end up at that company one day. It's a small industry, yeah. you know. It's yeah, uh, I have I have no patience for that either. Right, so many, there's there are there are plenty of brands or companies or teams or people that that operate like that and and it's going to come around and it's it's come around plenty of times for me like yeah so people have done things to me and then two years later they're asking me for stuff and i don't forget it so <laughs> no i know uh, you don't especially you you do not forget <laughs> it no i know yeah um so. all right let's get talking about a2 uh, coming up this weekend uh paul parabinos from pro tape here we're gonna give away a set of bars uh can we give away any any set you guys have any kind Either the pro taper ones or the fusions or, or, or micro bars if they want. Yeah, whatever, okay, right. whatever, whatever the customer wants or needs, whatever, okay. you know, whatever they're looking um, for, we can do that. So the big talk this weekend, I think, is Mookie is in uh, number forty-seven on the RMZ two four fifty with the th- right three sixty-five guys. I have a few questions for you, Paul. One of them you cannot answer, but let me ask you anyways. So I'm in Lil with Mookie and Roger Larson from Seven. And I'm hanging out, and we're having good discussions. A lot of it about how, why JT hates both Stewart brothers, and I was trying to uh, protect JT a little bit. But yeah. um, JT hates both Stewart brothers. Well, that's what they think. That's that's Team Mookie oh. thing. And I say he might hate James because oh. James landed on him and wrecked an ACL. But other than that, I think he's fine with you, Mook. Anyways, um, <laughs> here. So I'm I'm saying like, hey, there's these rumors about you guys riding for fly, three fly, uh, ride three sixty five, uh, uh, Chris Crossland's old team, right? And I said, what is going yeah. on with that? And Mookie's like, I don't know. I've never talked to the dude. I don't know. Nobody I know has talked to the dude. There's nothing there. Yeah. I don't know why he put us in social media. And here we are. Yeah. Three months later, he is riding for Ride 365, and I'm sure I'm going to hear it from people. And I'm just like, why right. would Mookie say that? And maybe it well, did come together late. Yeah, and, and I here's here's the thing that I would do if I were you. So maybe he was in a position where he could not actually – he couldn't speak about it back then, and he lied straight to your face, but – now I would ask him again and, and see what he says. And if he if he says that he was telling you that just because they were talking back then, or if he completely denies it still and says no, we weren't talking, then that's kind of bullshit. But yeah, yeah, you know, well, we'll obviously out. they were talking. Um, so see if he comes clean now after the fact. Well, now that it's all out. I'm also going to talk to Mookie or Roger. I'm trying to get him on the show for a while. They haven't come on. Um, I don't understand. Like Mookie's just did an interview with with MX Vice guys, and it's pretty interesting. And, and on Racer X, uh, there's a link on it as well. I'm sure Transwell maybe has one. And Mookie's like, I don't. I just got my race motor. We haven't tested. You know, we're, he's missed the first two rounds. Like, I want to ask Mookie and Roger. Like, what's the holdup? What's December one? They knew at least December one. Well, maybe earlier, but we'll give them December one. 
they knew they weren't racing. And I don't get this. We're underprepared, barely got everything going. We missed the first two rounds. Like, what What happened? Did Anaheim 1 sneak up on them? It's confusing. <laughs> um, I'm confused. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, would, I would imagine there's a lot of truth to that, but also probably there's – you know, so many times racers in our sport say some say some things to preface their preface kind of like the media for their results later to come, so they kind of have some built-in excuses. I think that happens a lot. You do really? Um, yeah. You think so? I do. I yeah. I think it happens a lot. I think people always say, "Oh, I got a little bit of an injury, or I did this, or I cracked my ribs, or you know." I, I think it's I think it's just prefacing people for maybe they have other things going on that that they can't talk about or they don't want us to know about. Um, but you know they can say little things like injuries because it's very believable and 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 you know anyway. Um, but uh, I mean, I would imagine they were waiting for something to pan out, and it didn't pan out. And then they were like, "Well, something will pan out last minute. We're going to keep waiting. We can't do it on our own." Or, and and you know then then when that finally never did come, they're like, "Shit, you know, Anaheim's next week. We don't have anything. Let's start putting the pieces together." And mm-hmm. it takes time to get that stuff together. Oh, so, it does. Yep. Um, yep. I don't know. So uh, I, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do okay. Um, I don't. I don't know that a whole bunch of. Te- you know, it's going to be a different approach than he's than he's had in the last couple of years. He's been on the elite team for the last couple of years, and he's had plenty of testing and preparation. So it's just different. It's the cards he's been dealt, and right. we'll just have to see how he how he plays them. I can see him. I can see him beating Grant and Dino and those guys. So a nine, ten, eleven spot. Um, but I can also see on his own team with 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 lack of prep, uh, a clutch lever falling off, or something happening, or or him dropping back a little bit early on until he figures out this new twenty minutes plus one format. Right? I can see both. Yeah, I mean, I don't I I don't know enough about it to comment, and I haven't really seen Mookie ride a four fifty. You've seen him overseas and stuff, and I mean, I've seen it on TV and video, and he rides it great. Uh, I don't know how he'll handle the distance um, of the longer race. It is a big difference. Some the average fan might not think it is, but I think it's a huge difference. Um, but I think he'll be okay with that too. And, and, and you know, so I I just don't know. I don't know. But um, you know, he's he's got a big investment on his hands now with this, you know, a semi and a wrap. And I don't know who's paying for all this stuff. But I mean, just to get to the races on a bike, the bike that he's on, and the and the semi, the way it's looking. I mean, he's probably a hundred thousand dollars in right well, already, and he's racing for you know, and the winner gets ten thousand dollars on on Saturday night. So. It's not the best situation by any means. I don't understand either a little bit. Ride 365 is a clothing company, and so is 7. So I'm very confused on well, all of that. I, I think Ride 365, their, their clothing They're or apparel online. is more of a of, is more of a marketing kind of tool to me, I think. I don't think there's okay. any real gear. And I'm totally talking, yeah. I'm assuming here, so I could be completely wrong, but I'm a... But I think it's more of a marketing plan to kind of build their brand, and I think the real, the real business behind that is is the online, the online, is the online entity. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. So, and um, you know, I think Seven is a partner of theirs. You know, I've seen Seven gear on their site from the get. Um, so, I, I don't, I wouldn't put too much merit in them being okay. an apparel brand. I think they're first and foremost an online retailer, um, yep. and they're going to try to grow their business. And I think the the gear is just a marketing thing to get their name out there. Okay, all right, makes sense. Uh, we saw a great uh, San Diego, but uh, Paul, you're in SoCal. Uh, rain is there, right? We saw a photo of the track. It's, it looks wet. It, this one could be a mutter. Yeah, I mean, man, we've been getting lucky, and and the rain is it's it rained all last night at my house, and and pretty much all the way up until probably about a couple hours ago today. Um, and rain's coming again, and if we don't get a mutter, we're going to get real lucky because it's supposed to rain late into the night Friday and then start up again on Sunday. So we'll see. I mean, uh, I, I live in California, so the weather, man, you know, I read, I look at the weather report, and I know what actually happens. They don't always nail it. So we'll we'll see. Um, all right, let's get some phone calls. Uh, we got uh, phone calls sure. on the line. First up is uh, Jack. You want to talk about the Supercross schedule? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Um, so the Supercross schedule came out. You want to say after the last round, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I get to announce in Vegas at the last round. Yeah. He found out he didn't have a ride come. Maybe. But... You're breaking up. Uh, we're losing you, Jack. Yeah. You're stuck in Hello? your tunnel. Hey, you there? <clears throat> Hello. Hey, can you hear us? 
Yeah, just give me a second. I'm trying to get out of a basement here. All right, just just give us a call back, Jack. We're on live radio. Justin, what's up? You want to talk about Ken Roxon? Yeah, um, thanks. I was just um, something you. I haven't heard who uh, Stewart's mechanic is. You were talking about a clutch lever falling off. It made me think of that. But uh, my real question was about um, Roxon. In the past couple of years, I know he uh, he mentioned Eldon uh, program causing him to potentially peak too early, and we saw him fade um, throughout the end of the season. If I'm not being too bold with that statement. But, um, um, yeah, he, well, he did, yeah, when, for sure, when he won the 450 title with Alden, um, you know, he, he hauled down late. Uh, Dungey was coming on, but you're, yeah, he did do that a couple times. Yeah, so I was just wondering, does, like, do you think Peter Park has, like, a program to fight that off so it doesn't happen? And so, if so, do you believe Eldon tweaked some things for Dungey, Musquin, and Aaron, uh, Anderson so it doesn't happen to them as well? Well, I think that's a, that's the key for any trainer, right? Uh, what do you think, Paul? Well, I, I mean, I, I think um, I'm a huge, huge believer in, believer in to each their own. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Alden's program. I don't think there's anything wrong with Peter Park's program. I do think that it's every person is different and not, you know, one thing that works for one person might not work for the other. So um, whatever Kenny is doing right now, it obviously is working for him and he's happy. And every rider has their own priority list in their mind as to what, what is most important to them. And I think with Kenny, a lot of it was happiness. And, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know that he was that happy on Alden's program because it was a lot of work. And I'm not saying that comment doesn't mean that he's not working now. Obviously he is, but like I said, this, to each their own, and um, both those trainers are very accomplished. They know what they're doing. So uh, I wouldn't sure. say that, to answer your question, that I, I wouldn't say that Alden has necessarily changed because because Kenny was flat that year at the end of the year. I don't think that's happened because we haven't seen Dungey and, and Anderson and Muskin be flat at the end of the year. So and, you know, and, there's and, probably more going on to that. And Justin and I spoke with Alden a little bit about it when the split happened, and Alden's like, hey, we do regular blood work on all our guys all through the year to see what's going on with them and to see if they're worn out or tired or, or you know, the levels are down or, or whatever it is. Um, and he said that, you know, Kenny was always fine. There's, there is maintenance going on by Alden during the year to make sure these guys are ready, you know, and feeling yeah, good. So, yeah. Um, thanks so for you the, think the t- yeah, no problem. Uh, hey, you. wait, Justin, do you want to set a bars from Pro Taper? Sure. That'd be great. Do you have a bike? What kind of bike you got? <laughs> I've got a YZ250. All right. Uh, stay on the line, um, and uh, Tits will get your information. ProTaper.com. Same bars. Geico Honda, Rockstar Energy, uh, JGR Suzuki guys use. Ice One over there. Uh, so stay on hold, Justin. Yeah, thanks, Paul. All right. Yeah. Don't thank, thank Paul. You. It was me who did it. Don't thank Paul. <laughs> Jack, you're back. What's up? Sorry. Bad connection. No worries. What's up, bud? So Supercross schedule came out at Vegas, right? Yep. So Mookie probably realized he wasn't getting Geico around early November, probably late October, around when you were overseas. Who knows? No, because I was in, when's Lille? Lille's November, wasn't it, right? Yeah, like early November. Yeah, so right around Lille. Before Thanksgiving. Yeah, right around Lille, I would say it all fell apart. But that's still two months of... I know, that's what I've been saying, Jack. That's what I said. I don't understand. Even if you give him December 1, even if you say, all right, December 1, he knew that there's nothing out there for him team-wise. I still don't understand it. I just don't. Yeah, because then you have guys like Dino who are pretty much under the same gun, and he still showed up. That's uh, no, I, just crazy. Yeah, no, I'm with you, bud. I don't. I, I got to talk to Roger. I got to talk to Mookie and find out like how is this a good plan? Uh, we'll see. You know, hey, Mookie comes out and starts ripping off top tens, then everyone's going to forget that and whatever. But it does seem strange. Yeah. You know, it almost so. is, you don't want to say typical Stewart, but like he had an interview where he's going to show up at Anaheim one in a sprinter if he had to, no matter what. Well, and yep. Yeah, he did say that. Well, and here you go. He's also said he's doing outdoors when he's not. He said, I don't know why everybody keeps saying I'm not. And all along, he was never doing outdoors. You know, and the yeah, Geico guys like were never talked to Chris Coslin. Yeah, right. And the Geico guys were shaking their head, going, "Why are you saying that, Mookie? Why are you yeah, saying that? You as don't." He, as you he know? shows up in a pitch shirt and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. So there is some of that. But, You're absolutely right, uh, Jack. So I, but I think that no I think there really is some of that. Hold on, hold on, Jack. Go ahead, Paul. I think there is some of that, but there also, you know, in, with my job, I kind of understand it a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of companies are finishing their fiscal year at the end of the year, and if you're not already kind of early budgeted, people are waiting to figure out how much money they have left to spend. So, 
Um, a lot of like, you know, new additions to pro taper, for instance, or new teams has to happen late because I don't know exactly how much money I have to spend until basically end of, end of, end of, end of December. So, uh, that I think played into a little bit with Mookie in the waiting game, pushing everything back as they're waiting to hear from companies on how much money they can spend with him. I think him being in Florida is also another thing. It's easier for Dean to load up and go to Anaheim than it is for Mookie to load up and go to Anaheim. And maybe he just was like, hey, we're going to wait. If we can't get on a team and go to Anaheim, we'll wait a couple of rounds. Someone's mm-hmm. going to get hurt the first round, and then I'll ride a bike. So, yeah, um, you, you know what? are all yeah. kind of factors I would imagine that played into it. You're absolutely right, Paul, and we're just speculating. We, who knows? Yeah, we, yeah. I, we got, we got, I got to figure this out. I got to get to the bottom of this deal because uh, <laughs> it's not the way I would do things. And also, though, Paul. Um, all you can do is ask him. Right. Wouldn't you think, and Paul, and again, we don't know, but we're both you know pretty tight in this industry. Outside of Chris Crossland, I don't know who is paying Mookie cash money. Like, is Seven paying cash money to Malcolm? You know what I mean? No. Um, I don't see who would pay him money to go racing outside of Chris Crossland and Ride 365 because it was done so late, because it was last minute. So, um that's all. I mean, but I don't, I don't, I don't, don't know that he's being paid from maybe money. Personal yeah. sponsors like Joey and Oakley covered. and stuff. I wouldn't think that they would be paying him cash because they didn't know what was going on, Jack. So, uh, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, all right, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Have thanks. a good one. Yeah, it's just interesting. I'm going to be, I'm going to walk by the semi this weekend and see what's on the truck, see who's a supporter, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen the renderings. I think there's not a lot of logos on there. I think it's no. just um, seven and ride 365. So, right. Uh, Nate, what's up? Uh, what's your question for, uh, for Paul Pervinos? Uh, that's on the same uh, line of discussion here in, in regards to last year's 250 champion and last year's uh, East Coast champion versus West Coast champion. They face off this weekend. Uh, you put your money on one of them. Uh, which one is it for this weekend in Anaheim? Mookie versus Webb for this weekend. I go Webb just because it's, it's Webb hasn't been great. We know that. We've all talked about it, but I, I would go Webb. Paul? Um. Yeah, I'll agree. That's a that's a really good question, though. I like it. Um, but uh, <laughs> and Paul Webb is a gambling man. Year. Paul is a gambling man. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll, I'll say that Webb was better last year. He obviously has more um, prep time to prepare, and he's had more experience. He's raced two races. I'll go Cooper as well. All right. Yeah, if you if you go with Mookie's uh, off season racing, though, he was giving Justin Barsha all he could handle. And I'm not necessarily a Mookie fan. I'm just yeah. saying. No. Gave him all he could handle overseas, yeah. and then you look at the Red Bull straight rhythm. He was fast as anybody there, except for Marvin. So it could put him, at, you know, right there in that well, six, seven, eight position. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It's kind of what I said, Nate. Like I could see him getting a ninth this weekend, first race, beating Josh Grant, beating Coop. Uh, you know, maybe right behind Chad, behind Millsaps. Yeah. I can see him getting ninth in that mix, and then I can see him being like, "Wow, I need a few races to figure this all out." Right. Cool. So, all right. Thanks, all right, thanks opinion, Nate. Guys. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Enjoy the show. Thank Bye. you, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Um, so we saw a great race in um, in San Diego, Paul. Um, I guess the biggest question I have is like, what's going on with Eli Tomac? Is, is he going to get closer? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's kind of discouraging because uh, we all are. We all hope that we see this huge, you know, four horse title fight. And it just keeps it starting to look like it's just going to be a two-man show again. And Eli had so much momentum and so much success and, and all his past races and off-season. Um, I thought he would be be there. But, um, but man, it's just lacking a little bit of speed and lacking kind of that early race speed and, and maybe even the late race. I don't want to say fitness, but we know he's in shape. But it's, just, it's bizarre. Uh, he doesn't have it all put together at the moment. But it, It's really bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame because we all want to see a really good race from multiple people. We want to see multiple winners, but, um, man, no one else was close in San Diego besides the top two. Okay, let me ask you this. We're two rounds down. We've all talked about all these race winners, right, in the 450 class before the season. I even said Sealy was going to win two. Who do you see winning a race this year, Paul? Now we're two races in. Never mind what you thought beforehand. Never mind what I thought beforehand. Yes. Right now. I would say Marvin Muskin can win a race, and I think that's it. <laughs> because of Anderson starts, maybe? Yeah, because of Anderson starts, because of what we've seen. I mean, if we're, what we're going on, I think Anderson will figure it out and get closer, mm-hmm. but I don't know if close enough is still going to put him in front of Dungey and Ken Roxon. Something's going to happen. Something's going to have to happen, I think, to to you know either a 
a steady, consistent change in Anderson getting starts and him being in the top three after the first lap mm-hmm. or and some nagging injuries from Ken or, or Dungey or they those two crash each other or something weird is going to have to happen because right now I just M- – Muskin and Dungey and Roxon are the only ones I can see winning a race. Yeah, I might give you Anderson, and that's it. I might say Anderson, but otherwise I would agree with you. Uh, so it's not quite yeah, turning out the way we sucks. thought. Yeah. yeah, and it sucks because we're all wrong, um, what we were talking about preseason. But I think we all want to see the most exciting Supercross season we've ever seen. We all are wishing for that as fans. But but these two are just, um, the, you know, they're the ones that come in thinking that nothing is acceptable except the title in the in the deepest parts of their minds, I think. And the other ones are all thinking they want to do that, but they don't. maybe they don't truly believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're seeing the separation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get some more phone calls here. First up is uh, Ryan. Ryan, what's up, man? What's your question? You got a question about the Stu brothers, huh? Yeah, you guys were just talking to Nate about how uh, Mookie would finish there. I was wondering, if you put James in there today, could you put him in the top ten with the longer main events and everything and lack of ride no. time, or would you even consider him? No. Nah, no, no, no. I, I uh, no. I, I mean, James finished one Supercross last year, I think, and he what did he get? He got lap fourteenth, seventeenth, fourteenth, fourteenth. Yeah, he's he's not in the top ten. Not he. He needs to. He needs to be a lot more prepared. He needs to race a lot more. And if he shows up at any time during this year, he, which I don't see it happening in, in the next five races at least, yeah, he's just not there right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't see it, Ryan. I, I mean, if he shows up in shape, ready to go. Then yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All, all day yeah. long. But I, I think that uh, the longer it goes, the more that ship has sailed. You know, which is which is sad. But I mean, um, you know, Terrell Davis or Joe Namath or or Peyton Manning, the, the greats don't always go out on top and great. You know, what I mean, that's why it ends because it ends badly. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird, Brian. Uh, Ryan, thanks, man. Yeah, it's a shame. No problem. Sure. Hey, one other. No, sorry, Ryan. Cut you off, bud. Call back. Uh, my bad. What were you gonna say, Paul? I said I just said it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, all right, Kyle, what's up? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. What's happening? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I was thinking with the Stu brothers. I know you mentioned it's been a few months ago about the Riot Three Sixty picture that had the Stu brothers in it. Mm-hmm. It would seem as though maybe James is involved with that based on that picture because that definitely was kind of the clue with Malcolm as you were talking about. And possibly at the semi or whatever else, you would think it would possibly be on James Dollar, and maybe the delay on getting everything together is to try to facilitate James and Mookie both to be there. Uh, maybe you. That's just uh, a you know, theory. Well, we know. you know we can't say you're wrong. I would say no. I don't think that is James's money. He's not yeah. racing. He's not riding. He doesn't have manufacturer support. So why would he support his brother? You know what I mean? That that's just my yeah. thinking. So and honestly, yeah. if I'm Mookie and this is I know this is a bold statement, Paul, tell me if you think about if you agree. Like I know his brother owns 7, but if I'm Mookie, the goal of this whole life of this career is to make money. I am wearing whatever brand pays me the most, Aladdin Wilson, and I'm sorry James, I can't wear 7. That's just me. Yeah. That's tough, yeah. And I mean, I, I I wonder if James Stewart himself has asked himself that question the last couple of years. Like, he's, he could have been paid by uh, other gear brands in the last couple of years instead of trying to run his own. But I get that's what he wants to do. And the the part, um, you know, Malcolm is obviously being a great brother. I doubt he's getting paid by seven. Um, but the the part that uh, I don't understand and I don't know enough about to comment is what does Chris Crossland get out of sponsoring them does he have a tie to ride 365 that i don't know about that's no he owns it yeah yeah no he owns it sense. he oh. he owns it and he, okay well there, there yeah. you go yeah he owns for our thesis okay. five along with uh, i think jared from motorsport um is his right hand man yeah. or maybe owns a piece of it um so well then that makes sense then because i mean look at all the calls we're fielding about the stewart brothers i know, you know they're a, yeah. a, a polarizing pair in our sport so i get that you know they're putting their they're putting their brand name on on athletes that draw a lot of attention, and, and I, you know, I think even Roger has said it that that it's taken someone like James to launch a gear brand that's done different things to how they've done um, in the past. So James and James and Malcolm are are polarizing guys. So that that fixes it all for me. I didn't oh, okay. I didn't even know what yeah. Crosslands connection to it was. Uh, so so my question that I was really wanting to ask is in regard to Tyler Bowers. Do you have any inside scoops on what's going on? Um, I'm buddies with them, but I'm not close enough to where I feel at liberty to be like, hey, what's going on with your 
um, your results. Um, uh, I know he broke his femur at the end of the outdoors, and he sounded like it was kind of minor, but it, to me it seems like there's something else going on. Um, he's definitely well, underperforming to his ability. I agree, Kyle. Paul was really on the Bowers bandwagon to start the year. It was ridiculous the amount he was well, touting Bowers. Well, what I, what I, <laughs> I mean, what I think a lot of what people forget is he was doing, he was putting in those results on, on Pro Circuit Kawasaki, which I've, I've asked a couple people this analogy, but what rider has left Pro Circuit Kawasaki to go to another 250 team and has done better? Like, I, I think you'd be pressed to come up with one. So he was essentially um, yeah. on one of the best teams in the sport, and I think that makes such a huge difference. I mean, there, I know there's some smart people at the team he's at, but um, just the, the pressure, the, the 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 program, the riding, everything. Yeah, yeah just, there's I, a I lot of like, intangibles well, thinking, that you can't it, talk about. Is it mechanical or, in regard to possibly the bike and team, or is it actually a physical thing or a mental uh, thing? I don't I mean, think we could, maybe a combination of all three. I think so, huh, Paul? I would say it's a combination. Yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, I was I did think he I, I'm going to try to talk to Tyler if I can. Uh, the post race stuff has been making it hard. The press conferences are a bit of a shit show, and we're working through that. But um, I'd like to get back in the pits and find out what's going on. I could actually text or call him during the week. I guess I could also do that. Um, but I, I, I agree, he's underperformed. I don't know if he, I had him for a title or anything like that. But he last year he set fast qualifying times. He won heat races. And all of that, and even if you expect a little bit of slippage from the new team and the new bike, a little bit of slippage puts him in, you know, fourth and fifths and sixth, and he's not even doing that. So, no, it's um, definitely alarming. That's I'll try to find something out, Kyle, uh, this week. That would be awesome. I, I look forward to listening and hearing about that. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Awesome. Uh, Paul Parabinos from ProTaper.com on the Fly Race in Moto 60 show, presented by Truck Hero and the folks from ProTaper. Uh, all right, Paul, um, we'll let you go here, but before we go, uh, give us your uh, winners in both classes this weekend. Um, going to go out a limb here, on a limb. I'm going to say uh, Roxanne and McElrath. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to try to calm the inner fan inside of me and just kind of go on strictly making an educated guess. Are you gonna be working for Dean this weekend again? Changing a sprocket or bars uh, or, or? I'm if I see something in practice that I think maybe he can change to do better, I'll do that. But otherwise, no plans. No plans. So actually, maybe get a beer <laughs> and sit in the stands and enjoy it. Right? Actually. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna try to. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. We will uh, see you this weekend. Thanks for for everything. All right. Take care. All right. See you, Paul Parabinos from ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Please check him out. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. We are still giving away a travel jacket, puffy travel jacket. Uh, call from Zach. What's up, Zach? How are you? Hey, right, how's it going? Love the show. Thanks, man. Uh, I heard Ping mention on another podcast. He thinks uh, Eli's problem might be that he's training alone. I heard JT mention he thinks it could be at Steam Bar. I mean, what do you think? He had Zach Osborne last year training with him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Osborne, no, that was two years ago I think Osborne was there. Um, I, I No, I don't know if that's the problem. I mean, he's always trained by himself when he won a 250 motocross title, and he won, you know, he he should have won the 450 motocross title. Well, maybe not should have because there was only four motos in, but he crushed everybody for four motos, you know, or three motos anyways. Um before, so I don't think that's it, man. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can't agree with that theory because it's always worked for him. You know what I mean? Why his career path has just been going upwards this whole time, and he's been training by himself, yeah. outside of Osborne or, or the guy, a guy that comes here and there. You know? So no, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. Um, but I mean, hey, maybe. But you think he could be sick then, and he, they just haven't figured well, it out yet? You know what? I talked to some Cali guys, and they said it was an arm pump in. Uh, in San Diego, so after that, I'm not sure. I wrote this week in my column on Racer X, like, the worst thing to do is start searching and blaming the bike and blaming the team. I'm not saying he's doing that, but the worst yeah, thing to yeah. do is to freak out over that. Just stay the course, know the bike is good, know your lap times are good, and work through this. That's that's Like Dungey has started doing now, where he used to freak out. Yeah, Dungey's been, notoriously been a freak out guy with his bike and everything else, so yeah, hopefully he's, he's calmed that a little bit, so... Um, yeah, we'll see, Zach. Uh, hey, do you want to uh, win a fly racing travel jacket? Absolutely. It's kind of puffy. Are, are you slimmer guy? No, I'm a big guy, but I got stepkids. Okay, because, yeah, I think the bigger guy with the puffy jacket, it makes you look even bigger. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm a big guy, so I, I'm just giving some friendly advice. But uh, thank oh, you. get it any size then. Stay on hold. Uh, Tits will get your information. And uh, thanks for calling, man. Thanks, man.
All right, and uh, so Zach wins the uh, Fly Racing Travel Jacket, a.k.a. the puffy jacket that JT wears around the races. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by Infab and Truck Hero. TruckHero.com. Uh, FlyRacing.com. Much more than gear, but mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear, hard part, a full, complete hard part line. Uh, FlyRacing.com has got you covered uh, no matter what it is, head to toe, on and off the bike. All right, let's get into our next guest. He is from Transworld Motocross. Michael Antonovich, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going, Steve? Just fielding a ton of uh, Mookie and James Stewart questions, that's all. Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> How's your website when you post the story about James or Mookie? It, like, people can complain and say, like, oh, my God, I don't understand why everybody gives them attention. It's because everybody wants to know. Like, you can say you don't care. You still click on it. But if you post anything Malcolm or anything James, it's a huge spike, like, immediately. Right. Which is... Funny because even the people that hate them want to read about them, right? It's the old Kardashian oh, yeah. theory, it's the right? Same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like as much as you can scan them, you want to know what they're doing. <laughs> right, exactly. Which I don't really understand because, like, if I don't, I think the Kardashians are ridiculous and stupid, and I want nothing to do with them. I don't want them in my life in any way. That's how I operate. Yeah, I'm the same same boat. <laughs> right, right. I like Kanye, but I mean. That's just kind of collateral damage if you like Kanye West. Yeah, so. so anything I don't like or don't aren't appreciate or don't want in my life, I just cut out. That's it. And people can't I, do that with the, with the Stewart brothers. No. And, like, I'm in the same boat as you. There's certain things that I can, like, just steer away from totally and not have it interfere at all. But then the minute someone else brings it up, you get stuck in the conversation and you can't get out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right. and, uh, yeah. Uh, 702-586-7857. Hey, Anton, uh, uh, quickly before we talk about A2 and everything else, um, by the way, over-under bridge at A2. So it's fantastic. Can't wait. Yeah. How about right after the finish line? I know, and you just crank a hard left. Just hard left. Yeah. Um, But it's not the first time they've done that, though. Like I've been watching old races on YouTube for a a lot lately, and and that's kind of been the standard way. It sucks, though, because... Unless you dive in on somebody like they used to do at Indianapolis, it's not a really great place to make a pass. No, no, absolutely. It's uh, there's nothing new, Anton, that these guys are doing that hasn't been done. No. They they, are, they have done everything, I think. But they used to do the finish line uh, that they were over underbridge back in the day, like late '90s. It used to be super steep. And uh, they would put yeah. a little kicker at the bottom, and you would like float over it. And God help you if you clipped your rear tire. I saw some guys go down pretty hard. I mean, I still think it's pretty pretty rough too. Because depending, there was one track that had it last year, and I was looking. I was like, "Good God!" Like I would never. I would rather go to flat than come up a little short on that thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, so uh, a little bit of uh, behind the scenes media talk to start with you. Uh, I see you at all the races uh, for a number of years now at Transworld, and of course, uh, Racer X for me and Pulp MX and everything else. These post-race press conferences, and, and we're working through them. This is round three. They brought them back after maybe being gone for 10 years or something. And uh, they brought them back, and, and they're not working perfectly. Everyone's trying to work together, the team slash Feld slash media. And we're going to try something else this weekend. But what's your thoughts on them so far? Just account and not and not accounting for, you know, some to-be-expected hiccups. I mean, I see exactly why Feld did it for a couple different reasons. Like, if you watch other forms of motorsport or anything like that, like the Formula One press conference, to see, like, Lewis Hamilton and and Nico Rosberg kind of go back and forth with each other, or Rossi and, and um, Lorenzo and MotoGP, like, it drums up interest. It's, so it's something that everybody can see instead of having to hunt every website or every news outlet for, for an interview. But then the other thing is, too, it's another thing that Feld gets to put their name on. They get to pump it out, and they get to show everyone what it is. So it's a great thing in that regard. But for you and I and RaceRex and other websites and magazines that have sold properties into talking to these guys after the race, it's a nightmare, you know, because the guy said it on television as soon as he came off the track, and then he said it on the podium, and then he said it again at the press conference, and then he's going to say it again a couple more times to us, and they just, they're, they're over it. You know, I think that the way that we have the idea to consolidate everything, I think that'll be good. I think it'll help the racers too, because by the time you swing by their truck and they're ready to go and they're going to answer the same question again, they're just, they hate it. You know what I mean? And I think that's where a lot of these guys get frustrated with us. Like there is no, I mean, aside from a handful of people that you and I don't like you and I, um, 
we don't have a problem with anybody. I think it's just they get annoyed with the constant barrage of just the same but, question over and over and over again. My question, though, to you, and to, and I get that, my question to the media people is, what are we talking about? 20 minutes of the same question over and over? I mean, my... my, like my you could do it in one go, and it's done. Well, I know, but my point would be, like, what are we really talking about here? Six times? Seven times? If you think about all the media? Is that killing mm-hmm. you? Uh, yes, it's an inconvenience. Yes, it sucks. But six or seven times, that's killing you for your million dollars a year? Multi-million dollar deal? Yeah, I know. That's where I would be I, like, I think that, you know. I think people have to, we have to see it from their point, and they need, people need to see it from our point as well. Is like, look, you understand that you made money racing just now, but now it's time for us to make our money. So help us help you. Right. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, I totally get complaining about answering the same question. I would just say, I would say too bad. You know what I mean? Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, but, you know, some of the teams, Anton, um, they haven't been that cool about talking to the media after that press conference table, and I'm not pumped about that. We don't gotta, I'm not going to no, blow I'm them not. out right now. We'll work on that. We're trying to work on all that, so I don't want to blow them out. But I feel like these guys, you can't just say that's all I'm talking. I don't feel you should be able to say that. No, and, and the, I agree 100%. I also think that to have a handful of people call the shots for dozens of people isn't right either because – I mean, just because you deal with two guys or three guys or however many people that you're accountable for doesn't mean that you get to tell the rest of us how we're going to do our job. It doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, they they need to understand, too, like, we're here to help you guys. You know, uh, all these folks, like, you know, it's made pretty clear. The fell guys are cool with it. You know, they they appreciate all the hard work that we do. I think so, and they're they're working through it. Yeah, yeah. Of what are you doing? It's these other people that... You know, it's a give and take. Like, we rely on the teams, but in a way they rely on us because without us there's no media or images or talk about their sponsors and or anything. You know, if you and I, and if we just didn't go to the races for a while, who would cover it? As far as racetracks or trans world or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, I don't know. Who would talk about sporting? Now, that's a little dangerous to say, Anton, because, you know, somebody will no, always no, cover it. Saying, you know what I mean? No, so. no, I understand that. But what I mean is, like, help us help Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm not getting back there to talk to the Millsaps and Baggett and, and Bowers and, and you know, these type of guys that, that Brighton, et cetera, to find out, Weimer, what happened to your race? How was it? What was your day like? What did you think? Um, because of these things not, aren't working the greatest. So, um, you know, we're all working through it, but I have some opinions as usual, Anton. I have some opinions. <laughs> I just, I think my biggest, I mean, it's only been two, and these are typically the two races that have the most people from, you know, Europe or, or smaller websites mm-hmm. or media or whatever, and they're just all there. Everybody flocks to the first few races because they're close and cheap, and you make a vacation out of it. But like I've been saying, you know, once you get to Dallas or Detroit or St. Louis, like, there will be no one aside from the core people there for the right. most part. And yeah. then it'll get way easier for us. Yeah, fight through but problems. you know, again, if we can't talk to the guys after the press conference, then it's going to be weird. What's the point? Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of which, David is on the line about these things. What's up, David? How are you? Not much, Steve. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling. Uh, I wanted to ask this question now that Anton's in the room or on the phone. Uh, my opinion is they're trying to cut maybe you out or control the top guys so you don't have access to them, basically cutting your food supply off. Because you have a show, um, a platform that talks to them, and you've said some stuff about Feld and MX Sports um, series in the past, and maybe this is a way to, you know, control the media, which you're part of. Does that make sense? I don't. Th- uh, yeah, David. I know that's a you know it's a bit of a tinfoil hat thing. I don't think so. I think. You know, the riders have said, man, I don't want to stick around and answer the same question 20 times. And then the teams just go, okay, 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 we'll figure it out. I think the press conferences are fine for Feld to bring back. They, they, There was some mass miscommunication week one. And that if the mass miscommunication, David, was correct, then I would go with you. I would side with you on this okay. because they told us no interviews in the pits by anyone. At round one, right, Anton? That's what you were told. Yeah, I was told no video. Right. And then, but they're like, they told me if you go in and you do an audio recording, they can't control that because who knows if you did it in the pits or right. on the street or wherever. I was like, well, okay, 
that's fine by me. But uh, I, yeah, I think it was just so there was problems around one on, yeah. on that day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, so um, was it? Was it Racer X or was it Transworld that put up the interview with Jeff Matasevich, the video? Uh, not, guys, not sure. It, it was one what, of you. Uh, uh, did you do one? Did you do an interview with Chicken Anton? Yeah, we did. Okay, Transworld did, David. Hey, hey, who 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 got more? Uh, who got more? Who got more booty back in the nineties, Matasevich or Denny? Since they were supposed to go to oh, the show, dude, that's... Sunday, they weren't on there. Yeah, we got to get them on, uh, dude. Uh, who knows? God, it could be. They might be tied in the thousands. I don't know. They could have. We already know Denny has the most sisters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, David. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Anton. I don't go with David's theory about anybody trying to keep us down or anything. They're just trying to, you know, help it out. So. No, I mean, look at who runs the nationals at the next sports, which is racetracks. Like they're yeah. not gonna. They know the struggles that we all all go through. And I think on the felt part, it's just waiting to figure out, like, once we all are finally on the same page for once, it's only been two weeks, I think everything should work out pretty fine then. Yeah, I agree. There was a bit of, and I don't know if you saw Twitter right before you jumped on, but with, with Jimmy D, there was mass Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so Jimmy D was like, okay, all right, thanks. Thanks for dragging me here for nothing. You know what I mean? So we'll, yeah. we'll work through it. We'll figure it out, everybody. Um, uh, thanks to uh, uh, Fly Racing and Pro Taper and Truck Hero for, do, for doing this. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Uh, Fly F2 Carbon Humble with MIPS. Same helmet that Pike and Millsaps and Baggett and Canard all wear right off the shelf. All right, uh, Anton, let's take some actual hardcore race coverage here. Let's talk 250s a little bit. Um, I don't want to say J-Mart, who was a title favorite for many, not mine, but for many people coming in to the season, I don't want to say it's impossible for him to win the title because it's not, but it's very, very, very improbable. Uh, what, what are your take? What's your take on that? Yeah, he's... He- when I added up the points on Saturday night and saw everything, I'm like, oh, there's a big deficit back to even just third place. Like, you're going to have to really work and have some other guys have some misfortune to, to come back from how far J-Mart and a few other guys are. It's not impossible, um, especially let's see how adverse the weather conditions are this week and some other things. Uh, but, yeah, he's pretty far back there, and he's going to need to go on a streak and have Shane and some other guys not right as well to – claw back what he's missing yeah he doesn't just have to jump one or two dudes you know no Um, this is like and and on the other side of that is too you're racing with guys that you know are fifth and sixth that are there pretty consistently that you're going to have to be too and if he doesn't get a start again this weekend then there's no chance that he could do it you know it starts in his big issue the last two weeks um the uh shane mcelrath the two two wins in a row um how surprised are you at this? Um, I am and I'm not because, like, it's like a mixed bag thing because I talked to him and the team so much in the last few weeks. Uh, Tory Lee guys, are, for whatever reason, always do really well at Anaheim. Uh, it's just coincidence, but, like, Shane came in, did really well, especially after having last year end so terribly with that crash at Southwick. But he's over all that stuff, and I guess for how bad we all thought the injury was, he said it wasn't too bad and the team has been steadily working on him and he's got his confidence now like once he's they've all explained like once he's able to know what to do and he can shut his mind off and not worry about what else is going on around him he can do what he's doing right now uh two wins is a little bit surprising especially against some of the guys that he's done it against and how like pretty convincing they were anaheim was a really good race and and last week and he battled his way to the front up to the last lap so it's not over, though. I think that uh, over the next three weeks, we'll really see what he's capable of against everybody else in the field. Yeah, yeah, it should be interesting for sure. Um, but certain guys now are like, they got over Anaheim 1, they showed how fast they were last week, and now they'll be in their groove for mm-hmm. the next few weeks when it really counts. Right. So, this 2 the West title... McElrath can obviously win it. Plessinger can obviously win it. Hill is right there. He can win it. And I think that's about it for me. I like the. I, I think it's about it right now. I think too. the title is coming out of those three. Don't know which one. Yeah, I do too. Right. Uh, uh, go ahead. I would honestly kind of lean towards Hill or McElrath at this point. Not anything like Aaron put the fastest lap of the 250 event in last weekend, but he's got to get to the front when he can. And. 
you know, Justin's fastest laps are coming at the end of the race when he's catching everybody. And Shane is just consistent all the way across. Like, if, you, if we got to see those three guys start up front, one, two, three, or close to each other, and then fight for the full 15 minutes, like, we would really probably have a good indication of who's the best out of all three of those guys then. Yeah. But right now, they're all starting in just random spots and finding their way to the front eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's get to Brian here. Brian, what's up? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. That was hope all as well. Um, how, if at all, have you guys' opinion on Forkner change, changed at all uh, from Anaheim 1? Because um, apparently the whoops are obviously a problem for him. You know, I was actually, I'm actually good friends with Shane. I was texting back and forth the day after the race. I said, dude, I was really scared when you, when you and Forkner were battling. I really thought he was going to, you know, I really thought that he was going to deck you and crash. And I, I mean, I picked him to win the championship, but obviously that ain't happening. But yeah, uh- how... My feeling, yeah, my, I mean, I went in with saying it was Forkner or Plessinger for the title in my eyes, and they were really, really close. That's how I felt. Uh, I guess, you know, he he's a rookie, and he's figuring it out. And Not too many rookies come out and just boom. You know what I mean? Think about RV. Not really. Think about Dunge. Um, not really. Uh, as rookies. Um, so maybe you overestimated him a little bit. Um, like I said on the Pulp Show, though, he did, yes, he started the overalls last year with a fourth overall at the opener, but basically by round six, seven, he'd gotten a lot better. Maybe that's oh, yeah. what we're going to see in Supercross. He gets the feel of everything, he figures it out, and he lays down some laps and starts coming on. But uh, I'm not sure. Anton, what do you think about Forkner so far? Um, it's been pretty good. He's shown a lot of speed, but he just needs to, like the Anaheim thing, he was riding really well and then crashed, and that's just going to happen. You can't blame that on anybody. It just happened. Uh He's not afraid to dice with some guys, and I don't think that um, I mean, he, you have to ride aggressive in this in that class especially, but these guys aren't afraid to give it back to him. So it's not like somebody's going to look over and see, oh, it's Fortner, I better lay up now. Like he runs it in on them, they're going to run it in on him even harder. So I don't think I feel he's making I don't think he's making a lot of friends out there as far as you know climbing his way through the pack. Like it's not like he's going to be done any favors if he like starts seventh and somebody's like oh well he's faster than me they're just going to run him down to the position or fight them for it as much as they can but he's a rookie like where he's at is really good for a rookie yeah i feel bad for him because his teammates screwed everything up for everybody including <laughs> people like me who thought Forkner was going to go out and dominate and that's and that's ac i mean when he went out and <laughs> dominated dallas and 2013 yeah. So, yeah. or 14, 14. So, I mean, I, unfortunately, his own teammate, I think, was, was his own was his own harm and people like me picking him, but I have to feel bad yeah, for him. Yeah, that could bit. be. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks yeah. for the call, man. See you, fellas. All right, see you. Yeah, it's uh, I, Forkner's been good. He just hasn't, you know, been as fast as it's I thought races. he would be. So yeah, Exactly. It's two races. Yeah, maybe calm down. You know, I think there's, I mean, I get that there's a lot of, stock that's put in, I mean, there's only 17 races and every chance counts and even less stuff for the 250 guys, but at the same time, too, like, to get two races into his pro career against a field that's been there three and four years. So, um, they're yeah. right in their groove where he's just now learning. Don't you feel like McElrath, and I, I know this is like this could, this is revisionist history because he's he's gone two for two, so, you know, just forgive me for a second, but don't you feel like McElrath like, even if he tip, like, he's not going to make a big mistake. He's in shape. He's fast. He's steady. Like, Plessinger, I feel like it go balls out and quad something and then eat crap and, and uh, Hill the same way. We've seen Hill make mistakes. I, yeah. That's why I feel like McElrath, like, he's just going to be there, even if he tips over in a turn. You're not going to get anything crazy out of him where he has some weird off night. No. I mean, I think especially – that Southway crash, he, he told me this week, like, the reason that that crash happened was because he was pushing at his absolute limit. So is he going to push to the full brink again, or is he going to know, dial it back a little bit and just take it for what it is? Like, you don't have to make every thing happen if it's not necessarily there. I, but I, I agree with you. Like, Shane's not going to force an issue or do something stupid to risk something. I think he's just, like, slow and steady, and he'll be there. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I would agree with you. Hey, have you talked to the bear? Not really. Um, What's up with the bear? Not, I, I don't know. I, I that bike is good. Like it's Yamaha. You have between you know Craig Monty, 
and Dave Dye and like all the guys that are working over there, it's a team that knows how to make a good bike. I just think that like just look at Melrose. I mean, yeah, he's clearly capable. I just don't know what he's dealing with still, and if there's some kind of challenge or if he's sick or, or what it is. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird. I was I was as you know I was on the bear bandwagon. It's not working out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. right on, Anton. So no press day this weekend. Riding press day uh, in Anaheim. It's yeah. uh, it's soaked. So nothing nothing to do there. Are you gonna go down and try to co- yeah. talk to your Coop Webb? Say what's up with Coop? Uh, it should be okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, no, I don't think, I didn't even remember who's on the press schedule. I Yamaha. Got that email. Yeah, it's Yamaha. Yamaha, yeah. Uh, but, like, today it rained, like, starting last night, it rained all this morning, and it's clear now. Like, I live 45 minutes south of the stadium. But, I mean, that might as well be another country yes, up there because yes, exactly. it's so different. But, uh who knows what California will do? We could they could tell us we're going to get two inches and we get no rain, or they could tell us we're not going to get any rain and we get a ton. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, all right, buddy. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your time, Transworld Motocross online editor uh, Michael Antonovich. Thanks, Anton. All right, later, man. All right, see, see you. That's the scoop. Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by FlyRacing.com and Truck Hero and Pro Taper. Thanks for the calls. Thanks for Paul and Anton, and thanks for everything. We give away some crap. That was cool. We'll be back next Thursday, noon Pacific. Uh, Glendale. Yeah, Glendale's next week. Glendale Supercross Talk. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. See you in a week.